This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs on Hitman 2016 is this month's premium episode. This will cover through the generalities. To hear the entire thing, become a patron at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Hitman, which is a stealth game developed by IO Interactive and published by Square Enix for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC in 2016. Yeah. Um, and this is uh, continuing our string here of executive produced episodes, which mm-hmm. means a patron uh, decided to support us and was able to pick a game. So real big thanks to Xenolalia. Uh, for choosing this one. Yeah. Um, this was, this is awesome. Holy so, shit. This is so good. Yeah. I've been looking for an excuse to play more of this. Um, mm-hmm. and boy, is this in the pocket for, I think each of us individually and the show collectively, even though the structure yeah. of this episode is going to be hard. <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't know how hard I was thinking about that. Yeah. I think we can, we can make it work. This is one of my favorite games of all time. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, this is so for me, uh, in a way I kind of knew. Mm-hmm. Like I'd heard about this when it came out and knew it'd be for me and then just hadn't, didn't take the plunge because sometimes new things are difficult and scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so instead of, you know, uh, like why play something new when I could just sit there and play Isaac and just not feel yeah. until I fall asleep. Yeah. That's why no I, feelings happen. That's why I watch King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, that, that's the, the kind of, you know, what I was doing and then decided I needed something new and, uh, you know, or didn't decide had this, uh, kind of hoisted mm-hmm. upon, upon us. And it is, uh, so extremely my shit. I turn into both the valets from Key and Peel <laughs> about this entire game. <laughs> like T- Tobias I, Reapers. <laughs> yeah. Tobias is Reapersers. Yeah. Who are you going to mess with Tobias to Reapersers? Um, yeah. It is so extremely my jam that even as like I got, you know, I pretty much felt like, you know, I haven't done anything. I haven't moved into hardcore challenge stuff. I've just kind of been exploring mm-hmm. with this and the second one, which I immediately bought upon completion of the first one. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. And then I bought all of the bewildering fucking packages of DLC and stuff to make oh. this work, <laughs> to replay the first level's mission, the first game's missions in number two. Um, I've gone through uh, the second game twice, you know, or at least, you know, just not completing it, but doing each mission yeah, yeah. Uh, once and stuff. And I need to move on to other stuff and don't want to because it's really fun. Mm. And I haven't seen everything it has to offer, which is a lot. Yeah, no, this is the, the this game is a house you can live in. 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. This is, um, you know, can be a perpetual game, mm -hmm. weirdly enough, and not just for the ways that the developers intended um, with their like escalation missions and elusive targets and stuff. No, this can just be on itself is just such a generous playground. Yeah. Um, you know, which we will talk about. Generous playground is the, the watchword for me <laughs> about this. Yeah. Um, this is, this is a, just remarkable and we'll get into the details about exactly what buttons it hits, but it's going to be hard because, you know, much like a good dish, you know, doesn't just have one flavor to it. There are a bunch of little trace flavors that add to the complexity. There's just so much, just like little stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. if looked at individually, it wouldn't seem to like add that much to the scale collectively. This is such a complex game. Um, yeah. And normally, like, if we say something is really complex, you know, the, we're thinking like Sins of a Solar Empire. Or something yeah, like yeah, yeah. No, this like this is um, just everything. Everything is working toward the purpose. There is a unity of purpose in this game that that, that, that just speaks to the ethos of the show and puts it right in line with the things that we have loved the most here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It is a very elaborate clock. Yeah. And uh, it's not that complicated to appreciate a clock, right. you know, you're like you can just sit there and look at a beautiful object. Mm -hmm. So it comes off as simple. It doesn't come off as that complicated to play, but much like a clock, there are many ways to use it. You can use it to tell time. Yeah. You can use it to brain your enemies. <laughs> you can, you can set it up to explode when your enemies check it. Yeah. You can poison the dial. So when they wind it, it gets on their fingers, contact poison. Yeah. There's lots of ways to appreciate a clock. Just like there's lots of ways to appreciate this game. Yeah. Um, so. And all of that, like Gary just did his little bit there. This is a game that will change. <laughs> <Dismissive>. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I, no, I'll just be over here with my little bit. <laughs> no, no, I, I was, I was going to add on top of it. I was going to, uh, Gary is going to be additive. I wasn't dismissing you. I was, I was yes anding you, which is, this is a game that will change your mindset a little bit because yeah. it is a game about seeing the world in a different way. So you will buy turns. I don't know. Like I've been a little bit, I've been, you know, yeah, the, the look, looking for cameras. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's like a little dark. Yeah. Uh, and, and also if I leave a drink unattended for a little while, I yeah, come back no. to it. Yep. <laughs> Just like, is this time for bathroom? Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into all those individual details. Cause they're so like rich, richness and generosity and detail are the watchwords. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're, we're going to get into that, but we should probably do first principles because weirdly enough, like this is a reboot, but it's a long running series. Mm hmm. Like this character along with, you know, this is probably like a string behind uh, Agent 47, the protagonist of these games, is probably like in the tier after Laura Croft. Yeah. As yeah. far as, you know, but pretty recognizable video game character mm -hmm. um, who is this uh, bald, you know, genetically engineered hyper assassin, absolutely super competent in everything mm -hmm. um, and works for an international assassin agency. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to be going on missions, uh, you know, first for these clients and then for the for the agency itself as the story of intrigue, you know, around the international movers and shakers and basically a stand in for the Illuminati uh, mm -hmm. takes takes over the plot. Uh, yeah. Gary, when we say a game is generous, can, can, can we camp out on that idea for just a second? Because I think that's really useful here. Uh, for me, what is generous about this game is uh, when I think of a game as generous, it is. How many um, what if questions can be answered with like, go ahead? Yeah. You know, yeah. like how many things you can be like, what if I did this or what if I tried this or how does this work or is this something there? Mm -hmm. And the answer being yes. And in pursuing those, uh, the answer to those questions, getting more questions and more ideas. Yeah. Just, um, just it, I have it categorized broadly as just like rewarding curiosity, right? There are so many yeah. outputs for any given input. There, there are very few times where the game just says, nah. Yeah. <laughs> 
and it just it's so dense yeah with that there's a density as well um to it and kind of a level of craft uh it's also um, another thing too that i consider with this is um optional like you know the painted world is very generous yeah. in dark souls right because uh it's a wonderful area it's my favorite area in any dark souls game and mm-hmm. you it's optional right um you know the developers hit it this game is full of that stuff yeah like there are so many just huge swaths of area and avenues of approach that you will just not run into uh on your first second or third time through this mm-hmm. um that you can get to and that's kind of my definition the it's kind of weird like the first time i heard someone describe a game as generous it was um i can't remember his name but the snarky reviewer from kotaku talking mm. about kingdom hearts okay and i'm like i don't consider that game generous like i think that but it was like he was talking about over the topness, like it's just like it's big. Yeah, but I don't think of that as generous to me. Like generous is about what it gives like the player. Right. You know, and like this just gives you it's hard for me to se- uh, separate generosity away from kind of immersive simness or, you know, uh, a wide open environment. Yeah. Like I would consider the GTA games to be generous. Mm-hmm. Rockstar games are generous. Yes. You know, Bethesda games are generous as well. This is on you know that same way that uh warren specter talked about doing deus ex where it's like a city block mm-hmm. that whole quote where he's like you know rather than having a huge game that's like wide as a ocean but deep as a puddle you'd want to make a game that is a city block but it's just like perfectly detailed yes this is much closer to that than yeah. almost anything i've played like the the only thing i can think of that matches this is the uh prog the hub world from mankind divided mm-hmm uh, from Deus Ex, uh, yeah, Mankind Divided. So that is a very rare thing, that kind of level of depth and, uh, and, and generosity in an individual point, not just kind of like a wide yeah. swath of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we'll get into it and we'll describe that. However, we forgot to outline, this is a premium episode. So if you're oh, listening yeah. to this on the public feed, you're going to get the generalities and there are a lot of them. Like there's going to be a yeah. lot of content here before, before the cut. Um, and the kind of the descriptions of the missions and the worlds that you're going to go to, that's going to fall, um, uh, to our Patreon. Actually, yep. the full version yep. will be available at duckfeed.tv slash Patreon. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, join us, please. This should be a good one. I think. Um, so one of the things we talked about, uh, and one of the, um, was the, first, the, the first dispatch violence, yeah. the first dispatch on violence, um, is this idea of this as a, a murder simulator and, uh, you know, the developers don't like that. Um, I also don't like it. Like they've talked about it and been like, this isn't a murder simulator. Um, it's reductive as hell Yeah, to call but, this a murder simulator. Like, yes, you are an assassin and that is your ultimate end goal. The path between you and that goal is so wide mm-hmm. there are so many lanes to yeah. get there you know i don't know like it, it just it's 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 so dismissive mm-hmm. to call it that mostly because people who do call this a murder simulator tend to be doing it in a sanctimonious tone right yeah, like yeah you know that that tends to be the criticism is just kind of like oh it's it's just that it's you know again yeah. reductive well, well, why, this, why is it that we always have to fall to violence exactly yeah. and it's like well you know, the reason why is because, you know, that allows for this wide breadth of approach. Mm-hmm. You know, when people talk about this being about giving somebody a high five, you can't do that remotely. There's mm-hmm. no accidental high fives. <laughs> I'm sure I've accidentally touched someone's butt. There's like an accidental butt pat. You, can ac- <laughs> you know, but you can't accidentally high five someone. You can't accidentally give someone a gift. Yeah. Like just having that uh, kind of wider degree of approach makes murder like a perfect end goal for this yeah like if you work backwards from what your goal is that is the action that allows for this wide a swath 
mm-hmm. of paths to it. Of so much stuff to do in order to blend in, in order to understand the area around you. Like, I don't consider it a, a murder simulator. It's an area simulator. It's an immersive sim. Yeah. Like, very much so. Yeah. Like, this, these are just really interesting, intricate places. Yeah. With their own rules and kind of individual stories and situations that you're walking into. Mm-hmm. That if you were going up to somebody to give them a high five, you would not have to understand on the same level, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it is it is only through this kind of like act, you know, because you can make somebody I mean, I guess if you were like you could accidentally get ketchup on someone's shirt or something <laughs> that can happen on an accident. Yeah. But just the fact that you can it allows for approaches as direct or indirect as you want to. Yeah. The, um, through this through understanding the area like that's that's the game is yeah. like getting these places yeah and you know there has to be i mean you know in the fiction of this like the fact that you are there to do something nefarious the fact that you do not belong mm-hmm. uh, the resistance that you encounter in kind of different amounts and different ways and different kinds in different parts of these areas that's what gives this texture like that yeah. that resistance is key to this yeah, you are you are consistently um, facing a low level of risk mm-hmm. that with uh, intermittent spikes yeah. of that risk that are really thrilling. And your job is to ride that throttle mm-hmm. and manage that risk versus your goals. Yeah. And this, know, how much do you have? very little of this risk is like put on you, you know, just automatically over the course of just playing this game. Like you choose to take a lot of the risks that are involved. Oh, you, in choo- you choose to take almost all of it. Yeah. You know, like you, you just choose to opt into something that is going to maybe expose you because mm-hmm. you need to advance your goal. Yeah. And the tension between those two things is where the game lies. Yeah. You know, if you want to talk about um, a version of like the the thing that is closest to this that we've done for the show is Thief Simulator, which yep. we did for a Duckfeed Presents premium episode. Mm-hmm. And here, if you're a patron, and uh, that's really similar. Yeah. To this in a lot of ways, like jankier and lower budget. This is just like their dream of that realized in a yeah. lot of ways. And adding the 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 harm, adding the the murder part of it adds to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also like when people re- reduce it to a murder simulator, it's like that suggests a doom like tone. Yeah, to me. I mean, like, that, 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 that is such a tone. loaded term like that. Like that is yes. what what's his name? Jack, whatever lawyer that the Penny Arcade guys. Sparrow. Had. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Jack Sparrow. Yeah, Jack, oh, Captain, I am. Uh, I'm here to um, file a complaint. Yes. Yeah. Objection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack Sparrow. See, like, um, murder simulator is the way that like Mortal Kombat was described on the yes. on Capitol Hill, right? And this this is an immersive sim with uh, such sublime moments of comedy. I'm sure you have that as a bullet point later. Oh, this is incredibly um, funny game. This is one of yeah. This is one of the funny, and it's in on the joke. It's uh-huh. not accidentally funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. They know this is funny. Yeah. The developers know this is funny. They are in on the joke, folks. Yeah. They they, like, they look at Agent Forty Seven and say, "What are the like? What's the funniest thing we could have him dress as? Yeah. Like, yeah, like what, where can he fit in?" <laughs> yeah, and and this guy who you the player is looking at this guy and you're like, "This guy is super uncanny and creepy." Mm-hmm. No one likes him. The developers know that. Yeah. And make jokes about it. Yeah. Pretty consistently. Um, I am like surprised by the level of uh, the language play mm-hmm. in this game, like the double entendres. Yeah. You know, like when you, you know, the, the example it comes up a couple times, and I can't remember if it's in Hitman 1 or 2, which might be a problem this episode because I played them both really close together. Yeah. But there's this uh, element where, uh, you know, you end up alone with somebody with your target or whatever, and you are, uh, you're like a barber or you're a tattoo artist or whatever. 
and they're just like, you know, you, they kind of are suspicious for a little while. And they let their guard down. They're like, well, okay, well, whatever, just do what you do best. You know, and it's just like, just like these, all these double entendres just, about they're the just violence. Building in so much dramatic irony, like that, that, that just is written to feel unintentional. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, it's really, and your weird flat dry delivery from this voice actor is among my favorite voice performances in games. Like, yeah easily um is just such a joy uh there's a point that i'm I'm cribbing from um, a super bunny hop video about this Mm -hmm. but he talks about how that voice acting in itself becomes this weird intrinsic reward because all you know we'll talk about this when we talk about the structure of the game there's nothing stopping you from walking up popping a guy in the head making an escape that's actually really easy yep (laughs) um you know you can you can do so and a weird secret of this game the gunplay is pretty fun (laughs) um it's it's bad you know you it's kind of a you know not best practices to get into a gunfight but i did a few missions thinking like what if i played this like a shooter it plays like a fun shooter Mm -hmm. um but the uh the reason why you might want to do these opportunities and do these ridiculous disguises end up in these situations is because you get these little nuggets of dialogue and these uncanny situations where people don't know what's going to happen to them but you do and you you perform them as this weird you know, kind of, you know, simultaneously charismatic and charismaless mm-hmm. void. Yeah. That is just very funny. Like, it's just very <laughs> pleasurable to put yourself in these situations. Yep. And that's its own reward. Like, that incentivizes playing in a non direct way, in addition to all the other things that incentivize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, so like the, uh, the sim aspect of this, everything kind of, you know, it's very simmy. It plays by a, you know, a set of rules, right? Um, enemies move on, uh, this is also very similar to thief in some ways, like enemies move on routines. Um, they act in ways where you can disrupt them. Like everything has a place to be there. Yes, there are bathrooms. Everyone has a place to use the bathroom. Like these are, uh, realistically rendered environments in a non-graphical sense. Yes. Yeah. created the, the fun- functional spaces yes let's say. um and li- li- you lived into like an important part of this like you know different staff members at places that you're getting into well they've just got a drink like that pe- like people would have mm-hmm. you know and as they're doing their thing you know walking from the copier back to their desk they take a sip of the water then they go talk to their boss then back to the copier you watch yep. that and you say okay they drink here slip up poison and then boom you got your disguise yep exactly they're going to go to the bathroom I'm going to follow them. There's a bathroom here because it's an office. Yeah. And of course there's a bathroom, <laughs> you know, it doesn't have any, like the dungeon ecology of this is just like masterclass. Yeah. You know, everything kind of makes sense. And there's kind of a surprising amount of detail, you know, that the rank and file guards or just people mm-hmm. follow pretty basic routines. The targets will follow pretty complicated routines mm-hmm. uh, actually. So instead of having those three points, it might be like seven or eight points and yeah. you might need to break them out of that to make them go to point eight, nine and 10. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just by doing an action, will will change the routine a little bit. Yeah, and you you can uh, you can manage that. Like there are objects that you can throw to make noise. Like you got coins, or you can throw. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, for some reason, there are busts of cowboys all over the place. Yeah, you can throw <laughs> cowboy busts. Um, you can throw you can throw anything. Yeah, uh, there you can drop. Uh, you know, guards will put weapons in a safe place so no kid gets them or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can leave a weapon in a guard's path to make them go back to a weapon locker mm-hmm. and take them out there. Um, there's just a lot of that. Yeah. So, um, the, uh, so basically when we get to the body of this episode, we're going to be talking about the levels themselves. We're talking about the stories that happen in the levels and kind of some neat features of them. It's not linear, like a story. Uh, the game has something called opportunities, uh, which we'll talk about as well, which kind of the closest thing this has to a story mode during the game. Um, 
And that's just one way to play it. And that's some of the stuff we'll talk about. We'll talk about other things as well when we get to each level. Yeah. Um, You know, if the usual kind of, you know, outline portion of the show where we're talking about a level and what happens in it is like a water slide. Uh, this is more like a bath or a pool, right? We're just going to yeah. kind of swim in that space for a little bit. Talk about our own little stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so these areas are really, you know, we talked about how good they look and how realistic they are. This is a great modern generation as far as, um, you know, reasonable clutter. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't Bloodborne, just piles of of tombstones for no reason. And this <laughs> right. is not Arkham, Arkham Knight. This is realistic looking spaces mm-hmm. that have uh, a reasonable number of people. Uh, and have a reason, you know, by reasonable, I mean, as befits the situation. Yes. So um, like and a, then a protest will have, a, you know, tons of people. Yeah, yeah. Like 80 people just at this protest. Um, but when you go inside an office, it's not just full of garbage. <laughs> it's got, you know, a bookshelf and a copy machine and yeah. they look like offices. Yeah. Re- re- reasonable clutter. Yeah. Reasonable clutter. Yeah. Um, so the game, uh, this is a stealth game mm-hmm. as far as genre, which is we haven't really talked about this. Um, it's a stealth game, but as opposed to being about sneaking in shadows and waiting for movement, um, even though you do spend a lot of time that, a lot of the stealth involves uh, plain sight and disguises. Yes. Um, and this is revolutionary. I know this isn't <laughs> new to this entry in the series. This is the first entry of the series I've played any appreciable length, and it makes me want to go back to the old ones just for the levels and just to see what a PS2 era game that has this philosophy does. Yeah. Because this is really cool <laughs> um unreasonably cool yeah no i just uh, i i it's it's a revelation you know especially yeah. if you're used to other to you know to other stealth games because you know broadly you are managing attention in those you'd want to make sure in a binary way that like oh does the guard see me or do they do they not that is a kind of attention yeah here like you're managing you're not managing attention you're managing suspicion like interest almost. yeah yeah um, so when you, the way this works is you have a different disguise, uh, that disguises you as someone in that world, that person has permissions, mm-hmm. you know? So like in our real life, a waiter can walk down the street and go into a restaurant. But if a waiter tries to go behind the lines at a bank, mm-hmm. someone's not going to like it. You know, you have to be a teller for that. Um, so it does that. So it's like just different areas that are carved up into, into different areas that are available for certain kind of classes. Mm-hmm of people in a really intricate way. Um, and then, uh, coupled with people who would know better. So when you, when you're thinking like, Oh, why does no one know that Superman is Clark Kent? Like this game plays with that. Like the vast majority of people, you don't pay attention to other people around you. Right. You know, if I'm at a restaurant and my waiter changes, Mm -hmm. like I'm not going to notice that. Yeah. Most likely, (laughs) but the shift manager would. Yep. Because they know their staff. Like they they, they know their staff. They know Deborah and Alice and all those folks. Yeah. Yeah. So this kind of the game plays with this kind of uh, shifting and really smart sense of anonymity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it make it's sensible what characters will they're called. Um, I think they're called enforcers. Yeah. It's sensible which characters will be enforcers depending on what kind of outfit you have. Mm-hmm. So one of these missions, um, a band is staying at a hotel. Um, if you are dressed up as any hotel staff members, one of the people at the front desk probably knows everybody Mm -hmm. uh, is an enforcer. If you're dressed up as somebody with the band, that guy doesn't know shit Mm -hmm. because you're just another guy with a bad t-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Uh, but if you go up to where the band people are, some more of them know, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very smart and shifting kind of constantly. 
yeah. who you have to be aware of. So it's never, even though you do have this ability to get a disguise and hide in plain sight, it's never easy. You always have to be, the player has to be constantly aware in a way that mirrors the character. Yeah, you have to constantly be aware because you're constantly moving. You know, yes. you have to get to a place and these levels and the scenarios and the targets are designed so that there will almost always be something inconvenient between you and them. Right. Yes. You know, and the, um, the, the, that goes down to, you know, back to the attention thing. Like you might think, OK, I can disguise myself as one of this person's bodyguards to get close. You might fool some of the other bodyguards. You might be able to pull rank on some of the other security staff. The target, they're going to know that you don't belong to them. Yeah, they're going to know you're not their bodyguard because, yeah. of course, they know their bodyguard. Right. You know, and that might be somebody who you want to see if you can get close to them as hotel staff mm -hmm. because they're not going to know the staff because they're below them. Right. Most of the time that those make sense. You can logic those out before you try them, mm -hmm. which is really great. Like yeah. if it was just trial and error, like I put on a costume and the, it felt like these people arbitrarily know, can see through it. Mm -hmm. That would feel garbagey. Yeah. The fact that I can sit there and be like, okay, I need to get cl close to this uh, hotel manager. Who might he trust? Right. Uh, and usually it works. It doesn't always work. Sometimes mm -hmm. he's going to see through, but you know, you can be like, well, he probably doesn't interact with the cooking staff as much as the cleaning staff. Mm -hmm. And it usually works. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if it doesn't work, you know, this is not a game where it goes and then everybody's coming after you. There's a real yeah. gradual kind of step from anonymity yes. to um, you're, yellow light. you're under arrest. Yeah. They're like, they're, yeah. they're, they're, there's a, there's a slow gradient of yellow light to this. This is probably different on professional mode, which I didn't really fuck around with. Um, yeah. but generally when you're playing this, like you can, you can test somebody's limit. So, okay. I'm, I'm going to disguise myself. Oh, good. Sorry to cut you off. I think professional mode is what they call the medium mode. Did oh, yeah. you do medium or did you do easy mode? I just, I, I think master mode is the hard mode. I, I just, I just did whatever, whatever the game Default, comes okay. out of the box with. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to, in case anybody call you know, call us on it. I think professional mode is what they call the middle mode. Okay. Master mode is what you're talking about because, yeah. Uh, if you just play the easy mode, like that is, it's significantly easier. I checked it out for one mission just to see what it's mm -hmm. like. Um, it it does sap a lot of the tension out of it. So yeah, I wanted yeah. to not be sure. Like I'm not trying to keep up on you, but I want to make sure <laughs> we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Th th this is something that that uh, changes with the with the difficulty mode. But like you can yeah. check. You have like a little, a little directional indicator that says like, okay, somebody may be over in this direction. Possibly, it you know has a problem with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can just kind of like edge away from that because they, they won't immediately run after you. Yeah. And even they, if you do, they say like, Hey, wait a minute. I don't recognize you. Let me get a good look. And at they'll you. follow you. They'll, yep. They'll follow you, <laughs> which you can then use, which uh -huh. is so cool. Uh, very, very useful. You can also incite this by bumping into people uh -huh. over and over and get them to follow you. Like, like, or hey, crouch near problem? them. <laughs> yeah. Crouch near them. What's your problem? And they'll follow you. And then you can get them into a place to steal their clothing. You know, uh, if, if that, as whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that indicator of, uh, what direction someone can see you from mm -hmm. is so key. Yeah. And the fact that it's so gradual and that it has the audio cue. Yes. So, <laughs> as as the uh, line dips upward. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And just, and just once you know it and then can use it, that is just like such a, that was such a good feeling. The first time I used someone spotting me uh -huh. to, to achieve my goals. Yeah. You probably you know? should have minded your own business, huh, buddy? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Who cares that I'm a waiter? <laughs> the, the, uh, not you, buddy. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, weirdly, the one action that doesn't – so two, two weird things about movement generally. Running doesn't seem to attract uh, that much attention. That's such a smart idea, though. Yeah. That's so no, good it, because 
I, I read that that's new to this entry because uh-huh. uh, I played the first couple of missions walking everywhere to try to fit in. Yeah. And then right online, like nobody cares if you run. And I'm like, oh my God, I just saved myself so much time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, like, you can run everywhere. It's always turbo time. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just run. You know, because you just you run it like a jog. You don't. You know, you're not Sonic. <laughs> Sonic the Sonic Forty Seven. <laughs> the the um, just drowning Eggman in a toilet. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, the uh, yeah. So I love that you can just run. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and it doesn't actually make that much noise. You can run up behind people and take them out, mm-hmm. and that also feels it, like not like a stealth game, but feels realistic. Like if yeah. you hear someone run up behind you. You might turn around in time, but you're not going to like immediately get your gun and go to alarm. Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to radio in a threat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to turn around and then by then it's too late. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can like, you know, if you botch like subduing somebody in a in a, in a broom closet or whatever, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they don't again, they don't immediately threaten everybody. It's just up to, OK, do they make a bunch of noise? Do they call for help? You know, can you, you know just punch them until they're until they don't until until they their eyes don't open anymore yeah um before, before they call for help one thing that will draw will draw suspicion is doing pull-ups uh if you're oh. hanging from a place uh pull-ups are crimes in the hitman universe yeah well somebody so in my my experience no one has like called the cops when yeah. that happens they've been like hey get down from there you're gonna hurt yourself yeah I, and like, then eventually it went they call a guard because you're <laughs> you know gonna hurt yourself yeah for me it went immediately to crime spotted oh really <laughs> yeah. I, I did not have a crime uh a crime thing yeah. trigger for that when i was hanging <laughs> from a ledge i had people get mad at me yeah um or at least get concerned one thing that i want to talk about as well in just con it's very hard to, to not to contrast this with other stealth games right right um and one of the things this does that i really love is there's no um hive mind yep so, like, if you're on the top floor of that hotel, you kill somebody, it takes some time for your description and word of that to get down to the bottom of the hotel. Yeah. People are radioing each other, but they're just like, there's a guy, didn't really get a good look at him. Uh, he's kind of, they'll kind of describe you, but yeah. that doesn't mean every single person in the hotel instantly knows who you are. You mm-hmm. can outrun that. Yeah. Um, and that's something stealth games have always kind of fucking sucked about. Yeah. Where, like, somebody sees you and then the entire guard as a unit gets flipped over to hostile. Yeah. It's, this it's, game does not do that. It's like the hundredth monkey, but the second monkey. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's really great in that case. Like, I really, really love that. Same thing if somebody sees you do something illegal. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't mean that. You know, it's time for alert. Mm-hmm. And now it's Metal Gear and I'm going to hide in a closet for five minutes for a, a meter to go down. Right. right. Like, it's better than that. It no, it does. It models it more realistically than that in a way that is tremendously to the game's benefit. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, it gets down to, like, when you take somebody out, uh, did they see you or not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, yep. so so it's it's even modeled there. It's not like okay, somebody, you know, somebody's asleep naked on the floor of the freezer, and somebody walks in and says, "Ah, oh, yes, he had a barcode tattoo on the back of his neck." You know, yeah. even though it was disguised yeah, to the side of beef at the time. <laughs> I mean, they can they can do that. Yeah. You know, if if they saw you, but if they didn't see you, they'll wake up and be like, "Hey, somebody got knocked out. That's weird. Mm-hmm. We're we're a little bit on alert, but we're not." It'll come up as a, a thing called uh, searching, mm-hmm. but it's different than a status called compromise. Right, right. Uh, searching means they're looking for something, but they don't automatically recognize you. Compromise means they have a beat on you, but not everyone has that on you. Right. Really, really good. Um, for the most part, getting disguises involves knocking out the person uh, who has the clothes you want to wear. Yeah. You can so, sometimes find them lying around, but mostly you're going to lure people into bathrooms and shit. Yeah. So this is a really weird uh, kind of just HD update of Mega Man. 
where yeah. you don't get the powers of the person you kill, but you do get their do get their clothing. You don't even get their key a lot of the time, <laughs> right? So yeah, you definitely don't get the power. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you want to, you want to manage that. Sometimes those, uh, like they're, they're laying around, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the disguises are pretty rare, Yeah, you know, but it does happen if you know where to look and we'll talk about that kind of in the, probably mostly the second part, that kind of pass of trying to learn the level. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a game that is, seems based on that whole idea that you can go anywhere with a clipboard Yeah, in real life. Like a clipboard is a hall pass to the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're wearing an, a, a uniform and you have a clipboard, you can walk behind things. Yeah, just kind of leaning into the anonymity of the service class. Well, there are weird class issues in this game. Yeah. Like, you tend to be at really, really obscene rich people's events, Mm -hmm. murdering people who are hyper, you know, like, who are extremely wealthy and not good people. Right. And then when it gets to the the second game, when you start really dealing with this upper crust Illuminati thing, like, they are not good people. Right. You know, so there are weird, like, the idea of this servant who works for these people coming through and getting revenge on them <laughs> certainly appeals to like 2019 me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, these disguises, as we mentioned, they open up kind of different, uh, different areas. Uh, we talked a little bit about getting seen. Um, one thing is that uh, hiding bodies. I love that there's not a, like that just always works. Yeah. Yeah. Like th- this game is very smart where to hand wave things. So like mm-hmm. they hand wave the running thing and they hand wave uh like maybe somebody will look in that freezer yeah like if it's a closet you know yes somebody will look into it someday but during the period of time you're meant to be doing this it's like over the course of like an hour of in-game time Mm -hmm. or a fiction time you know at best we're just gonna say for ease of simplicity nobody checks that freezer yeah for an hour that that is an assumption that we can base these mechanics around Yep, because otherwise we have to model this thing that will feel unfair to the player because they'd have no control over it. We don't want to encourage anyone to camp out yeah. outside of this freezer to guard it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. What can we do that might not be perfectly real that can advances the game state a little bit better? Yeah, yeah. And, and that that's something that both, you know, is more fun, but also makes it feel more cinematic, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, and as far as I could tell, like, nobody woke up on their own if you knocked them out. Maybe mm-hmm. that is something that goes away on the higher difficulty levels, but... You know, if you just choke somebody and, you know, there's no room to hide them, they'll just lay there until somebody comes up to wake them up. They will get woken up ex- exclusively. Though. One thing that uh, and this isn't a major bummer, mm-hmm. like they're all the bummers in this are lowercase b bummers. Yeah. But uh, people, if you leave someone out, they will be found. Um, and I've had somebody where I could I had eyes on a corpse or mm-hmm. on, on a body and then it would say body discovered. And I saw that there's nobody looking at it. Yeah, yeah. That's not a sim element. That seems to be on a timer. Yeah. And I also think that does depend on where they're at. Like if mm-hmm. you put somebody in out of the way place, I imagine the timer is more, more generous. generous. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you put them in, in a bathroom stall, they're not considered hidden, but it'll take a while. Yeah. Before someone finds them. Yeah. Probably has something to do with traffic lines. Yeah. Traffic. Yeah. That was my guess. Well, also though, in the second one, they introduced tall grass. Okay. Um, so Agent, Agent 47, Agent 47. That's the Pokemon version of Agent 47. He's got <laughs> that weird nasal voice. Yeah. Um, but if you hide someone in the tall grass, it takes a long time to find them as well. Okay. So, yeah. Um, all this is aided a little bit by instinct mode. They've toned this down, uh, compared to absolution where it was mm-hmm. like a, uh, a usable resource. Uh, here you can activate it anytime. It is not finite. Uh, but it's like detective vision. It is primarily used to sense enemies, uh, and interactable objects either in the same room as you, uh, or through walls or obstacles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, this is very useful, you know, and your target will always glow red. Yeah. Uh, from so anywhere on the map. From anywhere on the map. Well, allows you, your instincts are so good that you can smell them from literally a mile away. <laughs> um, this is very useful. Yeah. Um, so we can't list all the ways that you can take out your target. Nope. Uh, in this, uh, in this game, the ways that are always available to you are the bluntest. Yes. Um, sometimes so literally. You, sometimes, yeah, sometimes literally. Um, any sharp object will be lethal. Any blunt object will knock somebody out where you mm-hmm. can then snap their neck in a very satisfying sound. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, you, 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 you can know, either attack melee or you can throw them. Gary, I can't tell you how many times just my instinct when somebody like walked in behind me when I was doing something bad was just to immediately just throw something at their head. Turn around. Yeah. <laughs> and then making sure it's not a screwdriver. Right. So the, uh, that's, you know, that's very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, in addition to that, you do have firearms. Um, I didn't really, uh, engage with this. I wasn't that interested in playing a shooter. Uh, maybe I use the silent pistol to shoot something in the world every once in a while. Um, I only fired like an assault rifle once in the game and that was as in the Colorado mission to fit in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did it. Um, the, the actual silenced pistol I used quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, either to, uh, you know, some of the opportunities that you do. Um, don't lead to accident kills. They just lead you being alone. Yeah, yeah. With a character, so I would use that for that. Um, it's actually a great distraction tool. Hmm. Uh, if you shoot a wall next to somebody, that will call it. It's like a more pinpointed version of the uh, the coin. Okay. Um, and longer range. You can make someone just if you shoot a wall next to somebody, mm-hmm. uh, you can make them turn around. Like they have a lot of times where there'll be like two bodyguards guarding an entrance. Okay. And you have the proper costume, but one of them's an enforcer. If from a distance you shoot the wall to the right of the enforcer, you'll have enough time to run past them. Yeah. While they're in checking out. So it's a really great tool. It takes out cameras. Um, cameras only impact your score and are only critical to the master mode. Right. Um, but that's what you, you know, you shoot those. Um, so the actual pistols are very useful. This game has a huge host of just weapon ass weapons. Mm hmm. That become unlocks that I did not really use. Yeah, lots um, of different kinds of submachine guns. Yeah, and they, they control, like I said, it controls well. Like, this is a good third-person shooter. Like, when I fucked around with my specific mission where I was like, I'm going to do this as a gun, gun-toting gun nut. Um, and there's one mission in the DLC, uh, in the fourth mission of the Patient Zero bonus campaign, that uh, we'll talk about. I'll at least do a Type 5 on that mm-hmm. uh, at some point. And the... Uh, you're, you know, shooting a lot of people is part of that mission. Right. So um, I didn't really spend that much time with it, but just the gunplay being competent and good mm-hmm. is just this weird, unexpected bonus. Yeah. You know, more, more generous, more ways to approach these situations. Mm-hmm. If you like. Yeah. It's not punitive. Uh, if you decide to engage with the whole system, it gives you. Yeah. And again, the other thing with guns is you can put them in a path to lure a guard. Right. To put them back. So that's, uh, they're really, really useful as tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. also have poison. At your disposal, uh, mm-hmm. you can uh, either do an emetic, which will make somebody throw up. Uh, I wasn't aware that rat poison made somebody throw up. I thought it killed them, but we should try it. <laughs> what's, what's the uh, Patreon goal for us to do the Hitman 47 real life experience? Let, let me call the emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> this is advanced. Hey, hey guys, it's us. Uh, <laughs> yep, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, or you have le- le- lethal poisons, which are a little bit rarer, uh, like the medics, you know, rat poison. Like you can generally, like you can find that like in kitchens or in, in pantries and places. stuff. Yeah. Like where it would make it, sense for them to be. And one of the most useful items you want to hunt that down. There's also sedative poison mm-hmm. um, that shows up rarely in the world, but you can get it as an unlock. Yeah. 
um, which we'll talk about here in a moment with the planning phase. Mm-hmm. Um, sedative poison is very useful. Yeah. Uh, um, there are explo- explosives as well, like proximity mines or remote de- detonating mines. Uh, mm-hmm. These are real fun to play with. Uh, to, oh, yeah. <laughs> just in terms of, you know, you want if you want to kill somebody off the books, if you're not following an opportunity, you're just like, oh, they walk by that place a lot. Kaboom. <laughs> yep. Um, there's also distraction devices. Yeah. Um, things like that. The, uh, the best one it takes a while to unlock. We'll talk about the unlock system here in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, is the, uh, this, it's called like the mixtape <laughs> and it, it's like this little uh, disc that plays music. Oh yeah. And anyone will check it out. <laughs> and you, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's 47's mixtape, but it's all pop songs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very cute. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, each mission starts with this pretty fun planning phase that ties into the unlock. Mm-hmm. Um, so what this does is allows you to change, um, your starting costume, which is, uh, almost entirely cosmetic, mm-hmm. um, but also change things like your starting location, you know, as you, uh, gain mastery, which we'll talk about a little bit later, um, you get to know the place you have a little bit more of an in mm-hmm. and you can get kind of installed as a, a temp in the cooking staff, yeah. things like that. Um, you can also, there are stash points where you can have your hand, the agency stash Items that you couldn't carry in initially. Yeah, either large or small. So, like, small stashes would be places for lockpicks. Uh, yep. Small explosives, lo- uh, large drop-offs would be for sniper rifles and stuff. Yep. And you can also change your starting loadout. Your, yeah. your initial starting loadout is uh, the garrote wire, um, your silence pistol, and some coins. Mm-hmm. You can swap out any of those things for a thing of a light class. Yeah. And very early on, I got rid of my garrote wire and swapped it for lockpicks. Yeah. Because I can always snap next. Yeah. Um, but being able to kind of kit yourself out the way you want is a big part of the appeal. Yeah. And if you know a little bit of, a little bit about where you're going to be going, you can also just make sure you don't give yourself something that you need to give up because there are different classes of items. There are items that are illegal. If people see you with them, there are items that will be detected on frisk. Uh, large weapons will be strapped to your back, uh, yeah. which you can't just be a waiter walking around with a, with an assault rifle 15. You, know. you, you can be a waiter walking around with a briefcase with a disassembled assault rifle 15 in it, though. <laughs> I think so that's, that's Hitman 2. I think that's Hitman, Hitman 2. Oh, is that? I thought yeah. you could do it in this one as well. Yeah. But the, um, yeah. So that's a, the that's a thing they introduced later. Apologies mm-hmm. for that. If, if you end up playing this game and like it, you should play the second one, too. Yeah. The levels are actually better, which is amazing. <laughs> but like yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. No, yeah. I, it, is, uh, it is on my Steam wish list right now. Very good. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about these levels, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of in general, uh, how these work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the main way that I engaged with this for my playthrough here, um, was through opportunities, uh, primarily because these are very big, very dense puzzle boxes of levels and it's difficult to know where to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and they let you kind of get over this, that feeling of overwhelm in a way that is, you know, relatively new for the series, which is this opportunity system where you can get like waypoints that will point you in the direction that you probably ought to go. You can, yeah, you can determine how much you want this game to hold your hand. Yes. Um, and the, the options for this are just, you know, difficulty has been on the news, you know, mm-hmm. in the wind, difficulty yeah. in the wind. Uh, this is so granular, mm-hmm. like how much you want this to help you or not. Yeah. Um, you can go in and kind of change, um, you know, whether it tracks them with markers, whether just the initial, uh, clue mm-hmm. is a marker, things like that. This menu is very complicated. Um, and it gives you a lot of granularity in how much you want to engage with the system. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what's really cool about these, so opportunity, you know, these accident kills, they're like intelligence about the situation or your targets. Yes. They emulate like footwork, mm-hmm. like going around, listening into rumors, things like that around the town and saying like, oh, okay, this guy meets with a masseuse. Mm. Well, that's, that's a place where time when you're alone, yeah. maybe I can be that masseuse. <laughs> and then if you have the markers on, it will gu- guide you step by step. Like go get the masseuse's costume, go ring the guy. But if you turn those off then you have to do some kind of like logic work to it like mm-hmm. okay i know he meets with a masseuse let's explore the building going through costume to costume to explore it to find out where the masseuse is oh here he is mm-hmm. how do i get this guy alone oh, now well, i have him what would i happen you he's, know, t- he's I talking do? about how much he's craving a how much he's craving a cigarette okay well now yeah, i exactly. gotta go find cigarettes yeah. yeah but i gotta go find cigarettes or i gotta wait for him to go out and have a smoke mm-hmm. you know things like that um so if you turn it down to where you just get that kind of first initial hit and then the rest of the time have to logic it out yeah it becomes a little bit like an adventure game yeah like there's not that big a difference between solving this and like getting the suntan lotion leisure suit larry or something (laughs) right you know Um, these step-by-step moves yeah um even with the waypoint put on like the person that you need to go find um or you still have to figure out how to do it you still yeah like it, it feels like it's easy mode but like you're not really robbing yourself of too much because, like, yeah, getting into that room might be really tough, and it's not going to tell you exactly how to do it. Yep. Yeah. The uh, Yeah, exactly. Like, I I used a mix of these. Like, the first time I went through, I walked through the levels and just listened in mm-hmm. to stuff. And then later, uh, when I replayed them in the Hitman 2 engine, you can start them uh, as active from the beginning. Nice. It'll just take you to the first one. Yeah. And wanted to see the stories, because this is where a lot of that incidental dialogue and such is as yes. well. Yes. So as a game that, you know, we we didn't really talk about this uh, just because I don't know where we'd put it. But these all these levels are meant to be played over and over and over and mm, over yeah, again. Yeah. Um, having one run where it's like, well, I just follow the markers and learn about the level mm-hmm. and learn about the story. And then have a run where I uh, try something, you know, of my own. One run where I like, you know, try to do an accident, like a <laughs> non-scripted accident. Because there are a lot of those little synergies and little situations that are not supported by opportunities yes um makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. when you follow those opportunities i mean this is as pure of a hit as you're going to get of you know like the non-lethal takedowns from dishonored or the dark brotherhood guild missions in the elder scrolls games yes right you know these can be humorous they can be ironic um it fits with the world in a really kind of like nice and satisfying way um yeah Mm -hmm. i like these quite a bit you can hoist a lot of people on their own petards. Mm-hmm. So petard fans <laughs> uh, get ready to rumble <laughs> because uh, this is this is a game where you do a lot of hoisting, <laughs> um, which I appreciate. Yeah. Like I like ironic ends to bad people. Yes. Uh, in this quite a bit. Um, the ways that we mentioned the way to discover these there's a couple different ways uh, exploring or having them pop on. Usually they signal signpost them from quite a while quite a ways away yeah that'll say like oh, opportunity revealing would be the would be the uh, tooltip that you mm-hmm. get and then you, and then you choose to track it or not yes yeah you you pop it on or, or not mm-hmm. and then and they put these like usually if you're starting on like the like the default start place one of these will be pretty close to that like on your way into the hotel or you know kind of between you and the action right mm-hmm. yeah. and, the, and these make sense diegetically like this is hitman uh agent 47 knowing what to listen for yes you know, so the fact that he stand out uh, and he knows when something might be important fits the fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's see here. This is all, of course, in addition to the emergent ways or brute force ways that you can kill enemies. 
you know, yes. like, like that there's a way to play this game where you're a sniper and you never really get close to the person. Sniping missions are really cool Yeah, in this, like doing a sniper, like getting to where the sniper unlocks, getting your rifle, getting it to a vantage point, mm-hmm. And then like watching is surprisingly fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is uh there's actually like sniper bonus missions that pop up for the second one mm-hmm. uh, that I have no idea how to play because as soon as you start sniping people, the entire thing goes on lockdown. Mm hmm. And I don't really know how to do it. That's what the iOS sniper game is like as well. Yeah. And I never really grokked it. Yeah. Um, attempted to and couldn't really quite do it. But it is very fun to uh, to snipe. <laughs> good snipe game. Um, <laughs> also good, like, electrocute somebody as they walk by a malfunctioning soda machine game. Yep. You know, all these uh, these kind of emergent ways to murder. Um, and this, I'm sure you have this as a later note. Mm-hmm. Um, but the game points to all these. Yeah. Um, there are in-game challenges that are like achievements slash experience point things that mm-hmm. give you like the, the loop here is really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you, uh, you, you finish a level, however you do it, you know, you do just the opportunities. It gives you this huge splash screen of things that you did and things that you missed. Mm-hmm. And then let you look at all the different ideas yeah. for how you could have done it differently. And these all <laughs> suggest different ways to set up those, uh, those accident kills or yeah. those emergent kills, which you then do get more mastery, which allows you to start in better places and start with better things and stashes, which mm-hmm. allow you to access more of those over and over and over until you've completed everything there is to do. Browsing, browsing those. So, so these are called challenges, browsing the challenges that you haven't, that you, that you haven't you know, achieved yet. It's like, it's like looking at a Pinterest board meant for terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some of them are really evocative just in like how hard they seem to be. Uh-huh. Like I haven't been able to do the one in the first level. Um, there's one where you push one target on top of the other one. Oh yeah. And kill them both. And I'm like, that's so good. Like, yeah. But I can't, I don't know when it happens. I don't know when it sets up for it. Right. You know? So it's like, I just haven't gotten to that yet, but I'm like, that is so clever and cool. <laughs> two yeah, birds with one stone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, two birds with one, with both, with two birds. <laughs> two, two birds <laughs> with, two, two birds with all of those birds bones. Yeah. It is a KFC <laughs> special meal deal. Two birds with a lot of bird bones. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. <laughs> Uh, so th- th- this is weirdly a game where I felt invested in the score that I got at the end. Yeah, yeah. It feels really good to do well. Uh-huh. And and for me, it was granular. Like, some things I cared about, some things I didn't. Like, yeah. I was mostly annoyed being seen by cameras. Yeah. Because it's like, sometimes you'll just go through a door and say, well, fuck, you know. Um, but that will affect your score, and that's a bummer. But things like um, not having any conscious witnesses. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be something I would actually aim for. Mm-hmm. I still kind of rode the three-star line. Yeah. Generally for this, like, I'm not great at this game. I just right, love it. Like, mm-hmm. and the fact that it honors not only in terms of approach of what kind of way you play, but also in competency. Yep. <laughs> is just how video games should be, period. Yep. You know, I don't know. Like, just like, yeah, uh, you can, this can be really easy. It can be really hard. You can do it really direct. You can do it really indirect. It is literally just up to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is, you know, you have it in the notes as the 99th percentile game for honoring player choice and expression. Mm-hmm. And it's near the top yeah. of that, like 99th percentile and just absolute masterclass. And like, play this how you own the video game. We're going to make this fun and cool to play as many ways as you possibly want. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's satisfying to like move up that ladder, move, move from the spot where you begin to competency, right? Yeah. Whatever you decide that, end, that, that end point ought to be, 
that arc is really fun to be on, especially because early on, there's just a tremendous amount of comedy where you Mr. Magoo your way into yeah. situations, dying, being spotted, killing somebody basically by accident and saying, all right, well, that was a freebie. And then, yep. and then getting out of there. <laughs> yep. It's even, you know, that level of ways to play that even extends to that. So uh -huh. like, Iron Manning it through this is not only really possible, it's really fun. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to not care about your score, yeah. but just being like, I'm not going to save. Right. So if I get caught, it's, it's going to mad dash to the other side of the, the hotel or whatever, yeah. to, you know, to hide in this, uh, this laundry bin for a minute <laughs> and then hopefully get a costume to change my disguise and try again. And your score, like I've gotten zero stars on some, oh, yeah. <laughs> some of these things. I didn't know that was possible, but like, you know, it's just like, oh boy, you, you really fucked up. Yeah. But it's really fun to be constantly put in that position of like, it is very fun to be caught in this game, <laughs> you know, because the, the line, the yellow light is so long yeah. that like period of tension where you're not sure if you're caught. Yeah. Uh, lasts a really long time. Or if you know, you got caught and whether you can uh, hide it. Yeah. You know, somebody walks in on you stuffing a body into a freezer. <laughs> Damn it. Out, can I put a letter, letter opener in their head before they get on here? <laughs> you know? Is it, uh, can I turn around and execute this fast enough? And if not, maybe they, I definitely have had a thing where people kind of chain witnesses uh -huh. and I killed like a chain four deep of like <laughs> one person kind of bucket brigading to the next person and eventually got rid of all of them <laughs> and then had two of them in the freezer and two of them piled next to the freezer <laughs> as surplus because you can only fit two, uh, two people in the freezer, which also this game's educational. I didn't know that. Oh well, yeah. You know? I know you can only put two. I mean, with without with a hacksaw, you know. Yeah, nobody puts baby in a freezer. <laughs> but, um, but, so um, that, yeah, I, that's immensely fun. Yeah, like all of that. I just, you know, I, I, I know you don't stream. The, the the first time that I played this game, I it was on stream, um, uh, a couple of years ago for a charity thing that we did. Um, and that comedy of errors was just the entirety of the entertainment value of that. I desperately want to stream stream this game, Gary. Yeah. Like, especially now where I at least know a little bit what to do, but I am still just a complete dipshit at it, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah I got to Iron Man it. Yeah. Like, that would be, you know, super fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, one thing uh, that is a little disappointing, and this isn't the game's fault, but I went online hoping to find a bunch of, like, really, like, Rube Goldberg-esque interesting kills. Uh-huh. Um, and what instead you get is, like, a lot of people just murdering civilians. Mm-hmm. You know, and just being like, what if this guy's a total psychopath? Yeah. And I'm like, the writing does that. Yeah. Like, you don't need to just make this guy kill people with axes for comedy. <laughs> like, you know what? Like the, the game, the game is being funny. Yeah. You don't have, you're not adding this humor by making him do that. Like mm -hmm. do weird little things where you change somebody nowhere where they, you know, they should be. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and take care of them that way. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's it, it's funny enough when you are when you're doing what the game wants you to do. The really funny stuff is when is is when forty seven fails. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and just again that absolutely stoic. Like he's <laughs> a really funny character. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yep. So there's uh there's different difficulty levels as you mentioned. There's easy mode. What easy mode does is make everyone a little bit less alert. Fewer enforcers. Mm -hmm. Uh. You know it's uh it's pretty gentle. Medium mode is what we played. You know, enemies are capable. Um, things like camera and uh, witnesses impact your score, but they don't do anything else. And you can save and load mm -hmm. with frequency. Um, there's no quick save in this, but I did save before I tried something. Like if if I thought something would work, mm -hmm. I let it road. If I just like totally wasn't sure. Uh, and sometimes you don't have that information. Like, yeah, I don't know yeah. if this is going to be an okay area for me to walk into with this disguise. Mm -hmm. um, I would save. 
Yeah. Um, I would also save a lot of times once I got my setup. Yes. So like getting the, okay, I'm in the waiter costume. I'm in this room mm-hmm. time for save. And then, uh, but you can save as much as you want in media mode. And then on master mode, you can only save once per level. If you get seen by a camera, you have to go find the security station and wipe the tapes mm-hmm. and everyone is much more aware. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, there are different kinds of missions that can happen on any given map. This game uses every single part of whatever yes. large mammal you want, you, you want to use. Um, yeah. Human. So yeah, it uses every I mean, part yeah. of the human. Uh, <laughs> so I, I have not engaged with these. I need to play Hitman two so I can actually do this. The elusive targets. Uh, yeah. they seem fun, but that is part of what makes this like a live and ongoing thing just over the course of a week, they will say, Hey, this NPC is going to be in this particular level, go and kill them or else they're going to, you know, go away forever. And you've got one shot at it. Yep. And these are not, so one shot, literally similar to the uh, one shot RE2 demo, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just get what you did play these once. Um, they do not have, they do not have story missions along with them. Right. You just, uh, have to find this person and find a way to murder them and get out. Um, and these end up being fun. The first one they did that was high profile was Sean Bean. Oh, yeah. um, it's kind of a joke about Sean Bean dying, dying. all yeah. the time in movies. Um, <laughs> they've also done like one of the Gary Busey and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was a, it was a poll. It was like, okay, which of these do you want to kill Gary Busey or Gary Cole? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, 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 uh, so poor Busey. Um, <laughs> So these these are cool. I haven't engaged with them that much just because I'm still chewing on the main game. No. You know, it does it's not because these don't seem fun. I just have been doing other stuff. Yeah. Um I also haven't messed up or messed very much with escalation contact uh contracts, but I watched some. Uh-huh. Um these are interesting. So the way these work is they'll give you somebody to kill and they'll be like, be in this uniform and kill this dude. Yeah. Like a chef has to kill this guy. And then every time you complete it, they add a task. So like do, you know, kill that guy as the chef, but do it with poison. And while you're there, hack this laptop mm-hmm. and then, you know, do this, this, and they end until they eventually get five different tasks yeah. that you're doing. And it gets pretty tricky. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you end. can't plan with the end in mind, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so pretty neat. Um, again, just a way to make this kind of perpetual mm-hmm. uh, as a game. Yeah. Um, additionally, there are just contracts. These are yep. user-made missions with new targets and conditions. I think there are some that IO have made as well. I think um, so too. That, that, that are just kind of thrown in there. Um, those the, the, those can tend to be fun. They're also really hard. It's like in Paris, get this antique axe and kill somebody on the stage as they're giving a speech. Like, okay. Right. Yeah. Mario Maker style. Yeah. You, know, you have to complete it. You go through the level and do the thing. Mm-hmm. To, uh, to make it. So I, I messed around with this a, a tiny bit making them and uh, it's like Mario maker. Like you have yeah. to complete the thing, but these would be a cool thing to watch online. I imagine to find some of those weird kills. Mm-hmm. Um, they are really hard. Yes. Um, so this, uh, this game, this kind of plays into something that uh, is again, a lowercase B bummer. Um, there's so much like weird DLC and bonus missions for this game. Like trying what I wanted was all of the Hitman missions mm-hmm. on my computer. Seems pretty simple, right? No, uh, no, nope. like in no way, like deciding, okay, well, I got Hitman two. Do I want the game of the year Hitman one upgrade pack or the game of the year Hitman gold side grade bonanza? You know, like mm-hmm. it's all this DLC microtransaction speech speak bullshit yeah. uh, to try to get everything. Uh, do I need the bonus upgrade or the upgrade bonus? <laughs> it's like literally that dumb trying yeah. to just get all this stuff. Yeah. Um, 
really, really frustrating. Once I eventually did it and had the uh, upgrades to import the Hitman 1 missions into Hitman 2, mm-hmm. um, it wouldn't recognize them until I reinstalled. Like, it said I had to buy them, and then I had... What? And I was like, well, did I, did I buy the wrong one? Like, it was really goofy. Eventually, I got it to work. Uh, is... But it is really dumb. Ugh, no. And it, it sucks because all the content is extremely good. Like, mm-hmm. I just want this to be just Hitman as this one thing that goes up in price mm-hmm. as it, you know, and you always just have things you can just add to it. Like this modular thing where I get one of these levels a month for the rest of my life. Yep. Um, but the uh, instead it is this victim of how it was made and marketed and the fact that it was episodic and all of these uh, these things make it pretty confusing. Yeah. So. Yep, the, the 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 main interface, like when you drop into the main menu, it's pretty baffling. It's like it's like Xbox Live new experience style yes. stuff. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um a little bit about the development of this. Uh so this was not initially developed by IO. Uh the uh Square decided, yeah, let's have Square Enix Montreal do this. They'll find they're like, No, you 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 can't do this. You drop the ball. Went back to the original team, which is uh for the better. You know, mm-hmm. given yeah. given what we got, uh, that whole experience uh, between IO having the game taken away from them and being handed back to them with all these kind of really bad executive meddling kind of kind of problems that led to IO breaking with Square. Fortunately, they kept the IP, and that yeah. is how uh, that, that that is how Hitman Two came out, um, which feels rare. Yeah, right? no, it's like a, that, it's a, that's it's the mar- beginning it's a of a miracle. story that yeah, yeah they, that's how we don't get games, right? <laughs> You know, is is some kind of dumbass rights thing. Yeah, IP and try to make a sequel. Being IP hands off, you know. So it ended up working in this case. The way that it was uh, came out initially as um, uh, as episodes Mm -hmm. was changed as well based on the publisher. So initially, this was going to be sent out as two. Uh, you know, it's kind of a part A and a part B, like episode one, episode two, that contain multiple missions. Instead of the split into six, um, I talked about uh, a super bunny hop video a little bit earlier. this game underperformed uh, in its initial thing as far as finances go. It was confusing. Uh, Hitman 1. Yeah. And it was because it was confusing and because the marketing budget was spread over six games as opposed to one game. Right. Which it was meant to be. And, like, I remember when this was coming out hearing nothing about it. Right. You know, like, I don't – this marketing did not hit me, you mm-hmm. know, as something that I would be interested in. Um, I knew about it just a little bit from Scuttlebutt. Yeah, yeah. But when I started really hearing about it was when the game of the year – version of it came out yes like hey it's done you can buy this it's a product yes prior to that like i would have been in the pocket to to get this month by month oh yeah play this every month or two because again like i said i would do that for the rest of my life (laughs) these you know this level of craft and care in these levels please like put these out as long as you want i will always buy them (laughs) my primary exposure was by listening to idle thumbs because they were mm-hmm. following along and that's a, you know, a, a show where they kind of make an art out of describing their own play experiences in stuff like this, like emergent mm-hmm. stuff like this in a, in an engaging way. Um, and it was really fun to uh, experience vicariously. And the sense that I got was for the people who were there month by month as these, as these were coming out was that that delay kind of really gave them time to savor these levels and kind of engage with that additional, you know, contracts and escalations type stuff. Like they designed this to give you stuff to do while you were waiting for the next big thing. Yeah. Additionally, they have benefited from having time to develop the later stuff with feedback from the earlier levels in mind. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, very specifically. Yes. Um, so that, you know, that's 
obviously really great. Um, mm-hmm. It is a bummer that it impacted its success. Right. And the second, you know, Hitman 2 definitely in that miracle mm-hmm. level, not only because the IP handoff, but because Hitman 1, you know, eventually did okay. No. Yeah. But, you know, and also, you know, Jim Sterling got taxed, right? Like what is considered underperforming for a video game is really skewed and horseshit. Yep. Like, you know, video games that are really, really successful, make tons of money, are still considered underperforming because mm-hmm. of, you know... Shareholders. It was, it was 10x, not 15x. Therefore, everybody's fired. Yeah, it's really bad. No. So this is a victim of that a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So eventually, you know, uh, you know, as we mentioned, it came out uh, episodically. Um, there are bonus missions as well they included. Again, yep. that generosity. And those are super cool. <laughs> um, they tend to be remix levels, but these levels are so dense that they support that. No, like just changing the context. Um, one of the coolest remix levels is second level of this game. When you're in this fictional Spanish city, they make it. So somebody is shooting like essentially Iron Man mm-hmm. there. There's a big Hollywood blockbuster being shot there and you have to kill Iron Man. <laughs> um, and for, for verisimilitude his, his suit is actually bulletproof. And that's a really cool mission. It looks really cool. Nice. Um, they do another one there where there's a politician mm-hmm. um, campaigning there and doing a youth rally. And it just changes the level so much. Yeah. Like the bonus missions on this, again, very generous, very, very good. Mm -hmm. Emphasizes Uh, different parts of it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And then uh, this, uh, so this is a long running series, as we mentioned. Um, It's confusing. This one's called Hitman because there are other games. There's Hitman. uh, The first one is called Hitman. Hitman Codename 47. Oh, Codename 47. Yeah. Um, but this is, uh, this kind of reboot and return to what it used to be in blood money. Blood yeah. money is the one that is considered kind of the precursor to this. And this game has lots of blood money Easter eggs that mm-hmm. flew over my head. Yep. Yeah. Uh, blood money was kind of on our, uh, it was on our radar, uh, to do on the show for a long time. We just never got around to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it probably, it's probably for the better that it worked out for us doing this one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I might just play blood money. Oh yeah. Even though it's going to be a step backwards and stuff, but I mm-hmm. just want to see new levels. Same. So, yeah. Yep. Um, so this was released as season one, but the second season didn't really happen. They just released it as Hitman two. Uh, like mm-hmm. you said, miraculously, they kept the IP. Um, Hitman two just continues the story. Like this sounds on a cliffhanger. There's no real yes. like resolution to what goes on, which doesn't feel bad because like the overarching plot is, you know, just yeah, the, the, sci-fi the political stories, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mini stories are way more important than this than the macro story. Right. The actual kind of like intrigue kind of stuff that you, uh, you deal, you know, once you start putting together the pieces, it is actually kind of interesting. The cutscenes in between levels are compelling and kind of good, mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, in a way, but it's not like, um, the ratio of how much time you're spending on it. Mm-hmm. Like I find this, you know, it, it's not metal gear. Right. Right. Like you're not spending that much time on it. It is easy to ignore. Like I actually liked seeing all those pieces put together, mm-hmm. you know, because the way that they structure it is you do a level and then you see a cutscene that recontextualizes what you did. Yeah. Like kind of or puts maybe the gives kill. Yeah. Puts the kill into a different uh, kind of light. Yeah. A different light. I think that's very cool. Yeah. Um, as far as actually sitting down and doing like the lore cast of piecing together all these agencies and shit. Mm-hmm. Couldn't care less. Right. Right. You know, I just, it just does not bother me, but you know, I'm not watching a 45 minute cutscene about soldiers finding love or whatever. <laughs> it just, it doesn't, doesn't waste my time. Like it's yeah. just, here's, here's a two minute clip. And now we're back to the, the part that's fun. We know what you're here for. Yep. Exactly. The game, this game definitely knows what it is. Um, and just that, you know, as a brief, uh, before we go into it, him and two is a triumph. If people uh, end up liking Hitman 1, if you've held off for some reason, I've um, seen a lot of people convention about the price of this, but it it's so generous that, like, I between the two of them, 
I'm probably and getting all of the bonus missions. I'm probably in like 80 bucks mm-hmm. for these. And it, I don't feel bad about selling that money. I know that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't buy a lot of new games, but I just like could sit here and like there's still so much to do. Yeah. Like I'm still enjoying myself. I could still sit here and, and, and play these levels. Doing the Hitman 1 levels and the Hitman 2 engine is additive. Mm-hmm. The things they added are subtle, but they're good. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, I felt really good about spending that money because this yeah. is something that I have, you know, maybe like between all of them now, like 40 or 50 hours in and <laughs> uh, could, could easily get half that again. Yeah, no, so. you, you've done way more of this than I have. I, I, I played I, I played each mission and, you know, I got to credits on this. Right. Yeah. Uh, over the course of like 15, 16 hours. Um, you, 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 you frostbunked me. <laughs> I, I, I did. I, I, you got frostbunked. Bro. <laughs> um, it's a, yeah. So I'm at 22 on the first one and 27 on the second one. Okay. That's okay. where I'm at. So yeah, well, it was a good estimate for me just being like, probably, 50 hours. <laughs> probably yeah. Uh, pretty accurate. Um, yeah, it's a, but the other thing too, that I love about that generosity of approach and allowing for any player approach is cause like just getting credits is also good mm-hmm. for this. Like if you decided to put it down, like you still had like a super fun experience. And then if you decide to replay it, you do all the stuff I did. Right. <laughs> like, I'm just going to kill all these people in different ways. It's like a totally different game. Like the replay value, even if you play it as a conventional, like, you know, 12 hour game mm-hmm. and put it down is still really high. Yeah. So I cannot get over how philosophically good this is as far, from a design <laughs> standpoint. Like let the player approach how they want. Mm-hmm. Let the player, you know, low, low skill floors, super high skill ceilings, like speed runs of this game. Mm hmm are really fun to watch because these people know the AI so perfectly yep. <laughs> and have internalized these, these are uh, routines, the super slim it, margins. Yeah. Super slim margins. Like if I run up here and throw this coin at the wall, by the time it hits the floor, this guy will turn his head at the exact moment <laughs> he needs to, for me to get into the office and steal the key. Like yeah. things like that, just really, really uh wide golf of acceptabilities. Yeah. Um, just put it in my veins. It's a game that says yes to the player. It doesn't yep. require the player to say to you say yes to the game. Yep. You do not have to bring very much to this. No. It will bring it to you. So I, and that is just, that is again, philosophically. So a plus with what I want out of video games, period. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's actually going to be it for the generalities. Um, if you're listening to this on the public feed, um, this is the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate you listening. Um, once a month, one episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is half uh, premium. It is We put out the generalities for everyone, mm-hmm. and then we put the full episode for our patrons Yes, at the $5 level. Yeah, so go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, consider backing us there. You get a lot, uh, we believe, yes. at the $5 level. It is designed to be generous. Uh, yes. So you'll be able to hear uh, kind of additional bonus shows. You get uh, new episodes of existing shows. Uh, mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, Bonfire Side Chat, Unfilmable, Extra Object Sufferings. You get a lot of stuff yeah. at that level, and you get more at level 10, um, or at $10 at level 10. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, uh, we don't, you know, we haven't gamified. No, no. Um, but yeah, we really do appreciate you. Uh, and if you want to check out more, head on over there.